At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is VEASAN's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Another edition of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. Week four, maybe the juiciest college football weekend of the entire year is here. We will take a look back at the week that was, some letdown spots, some look-ahead spots, all the stuff that you've come to Know and love on these late Monday, early Tuesday morning editions. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. Finally, we had a, a good Thursday, so we're feeling good. The juices are flowing, myself and Matt Humans. I am Tim Murray, by the way. Follow me on social media, at one Tim Murray. And Adam Burke, who is, uh, let's just say, as we record this late Monday night, as a Cleveland sports fan, not super thrilled on this uh, edition of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast, but don't worry, Adam. Your Buckeyes will make you happy come Saturday night. Yeah, I sure as hell hope so. Um, <laughs> look, I mean, I don't. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, like losing the game, you just kind of expect because it's against the Steelers, and that's just sort of how it goes. But the the Nick Chubb thing is just demoralizing, depressing, frustrating. I, I don't even. I, I wish I could put into words how much it hurts because honestly, like as great of a running back as that dude is, he seems like an even better person and just kind of personifies Cleveland in and of itself. Um, I'm surprised they were even in the game after that, after seeing what happened, it was horrifying. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty gruesome. Uh, yeah, not, not really much. Uh, and if you much... haven't seen the video, do not go looking for it. Yeah, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it at all. What, um, 
Week three, biggest takeaways before we get to your stock report, um, a pretty lackluster weekend. Uh, we had a 61-yard field goal. One of my best bets was Missouri uh, plus the points, and uh, I was about to break my television when Eli Drinkowitz failed to recognize, hey, when you clock the ball, the play clock continues to run, but yet somehow they hit a 61-yard field goal to, uh, to wrap it up. Uh, Tennessee ain't it. Uh, that is for sure. And uh, Colorado, Colorado State was uh, was a hell of a performance. Uh, hate to see, obviously, the injury uh, unfold there. But uh, biggest takeaway from week three, Adam, for you? Uh, I don't know if anybody's good. I, I don't know if there's an elite team in college football this season. Might I be mean, right. Georgia was very uninspiring against South Carolina. Obviously, Alabama has Second issues. half was good. Second half was good, but, I mean – Still, it, it, South Carolina is not on that level from a talent standpoint yet. And I mean, they were up 14 3 most of the first, you know, quarter and a half until things kind of fell apart for them. Um, Alabama obviously has a ton of issues. Texas, it was a 10 10 game against Wyoming through three quarters. And yes, the spot was bad. I fully get that. But still, I mean, Texas just has way more talent than that team all over the field. Maybe Ohio State's really good. I don't know. Maybe Michigan's really good. Maybe Michigan's just kind of holding everything back. But Truth be told, I kind of figured they'd beat the hell out of this week's schedule a lot more than they have to this point. So 0-3 ATS. Yeah, and, and it just, I mean, maybe they're just trying to keep Blake Corum from getting hit and some of the other guys that they have, but you know, it's been a lot of passing. It's been a lot of McCarthy here early on, and I don't know. I mean, maybe they're trying to get him ready for you know those big tilts against Penn State and Ohio State and, and whoever emerges from the West, which right now doesn't look like Wisconsin because they're not playing good either. I don't know, man. I just I, Florida State probably should have lost to Boston College. Got out, badly outgained in that game. Like I don't know if anybody is elite. I, I don't know if anybody is really all that good. Vibes of two thousand seven, maybe again we get a little craziness. Uh, do we see our first two loss team into the college football playoff? I kind of like these types of years. By the way, uh, I didn't personally bet it, but I'm in the Golden Nugget contest. Uh, you have to pick seven games against the spread in both the NFL or college. If you want to do all college, you can do that. So you you better guess that I, I did all college. And uh, my partner's Jared Smith, VEASAN contributor, and he really liked Georgia Southern. I didn't really have an opinion on the game. So uh, we put it in there. I think they were catching 19 in the contest, and uh, they turned the ball over six times. So that was super cool and uh, lost by 21. So <laughs> that was uh, – that was an early, uh, early beat in the day, uh, kind of a just a bizarre box score. And, and to your point, in the Big Ten West, man, like who the hell is going to come out of that side of the, the division? That that conference. I mean, Iowa, congrats on scoring forty-one points against uh, Western Michigan. You have not looked really all that impressive offensively. Shocker. Uh, Wisconsin doesn't look impressive. Already lost to Washington State. Northwestern is as bad as we expected. Um, I mean, it is it is a disaster uh, on the, the Big Ten West side. I mean, whoever comes out of the Big Ten East, Adam, I mean, what's the spread in that championship game? Well, it'd be high. I can tell you that. I mean, I, I don't know exactly how high. I mean, right now I have Ohio State, the top team in the Big Ten, power rating a 92 and a half. My top team out of the West right now would be Wisconsin, and Ohio State would be a 17 and a half point favorite in that game. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, week four is awesome. We got some incredible games. I'll be at Notre Dame, Ohio State. 
Uh, I'm excited slash terrified of going to that game. Florida State and Clemson has an unranked team, which is pretty stunning. Uh, first time Clemson's been a home dog since the, the Lamar Jackson game in 2016. Uh, Colorado, Oregon, obviously no Hunter, so a huge loss there for Colorado. UCLA, Utah, Ole Miss, Alabama, as they go with Jalen Milrow uh, back at quarterback. And I don't think many people had this one pegged as a top 25 matchup preseason, but Oregon State at Washington State. And uh, I have uh, a decent amount of money invested in uh, in the Beavs to uh, get over eight wins. So hopefully they can uh, avoid this stumbling block. And we've got the whiteout. In Happy Valley, Iowa visiting Penn State. So a loaded, loaded slate. So let's uh, let's get into business with Adam Stock Report. All right, Adam. Let's start. You're 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 kind of giving me the vibes of uh, of negativity. Do you want to start negatively or positively? I mean, we, it'd be great if we could finish with the glass half full in some way, shape, or form for me tonight. So we we can start on the negative side. <laughs> all right to the negative stock down all right stock down adam let's take a look and uh you know late on saturday night as the day was going on and i had heard that drew pine would be the starting quarterback and matt humans gave out fresno state minus three on the podcast on thursday i said you know what i'm gonna take a little fresno state money line here and boy Having a no sweater like that is uh, is really nice to just sit back and watch that just slop that is Arizona State. So what have you done with the Sun Devils in your power ratings? Well, so the Sun Devils are an interesting case. First of all, their resume is uh, quite poor if we're, we're being generous here. But also, so Jalen Rashada, the freshman quarterback who started the season for them, he's out four to six weeks. Apparently, it's a lingering injury from high school. Drew Pine, as you mentioned, in that game last week, he played. He also got hurt. Trenton Borget, or Borget, however you pronounce his name, he also got hurt. So they were down to fourth-string quarterback Jacob Conover to finish that game. So not only did I adjust Arizona State down because of their performances, you want to talk about cluster injuries at the quarterback position, three of them, they're down to their fourth-string guy. I dropped the Sun Devils 12 points in my power ratings here this week. And my line is still a little bit short with USC, a 30 point favorite in that game. I had a buddy of mine uh, who does power ratings as well, reach out to me and said, man, I see value on Arizona state. And I said, I wouldn't bet Arizona state with my worst enemies money. I mean, I know, look, I, I bet some mucky games, some, some ugly games, and, and look, my card already has a couple spots that's going to make me kind of cringe, but I, I don't know how you take 34 with, with Arizona State this week against USC. I, and, and I know sometimes you just got to do it based on your numbers. You got to trust your numbers, Adam, but that team is horrendous. They are they're not good, and USC is good. And, you know, for Arizona State, I mean, see, the thing that I always ask myself in games like this, is how many points do I need the underdog to score to cover? Like, is there a chance that USC is held under 40 in this game? I would say no. So, I mean, I need Arizona State to at least get to double digits, and it's definitely possible because USC's defense isn't very good. But, again, we're talking about a fourth-string quarterback for a Sun Devils team that already wasn't playing well. By the way, you can always check out Adam's article over at vcin.com each and every Sunday. He's updating his power ratings and taking a look at some lines. 
him and I are going to disagree on a game uh, a little bit later on. So we'll talk about that uh, based off of his projections and where the market is. Um, Florida Atlantic, uh, they went out and uh, I don't know, maybe Clemson's, are they finding their own? Uh, Cade Klubnick, 16 of 27 in the game. Um, it wasn't, you know, really all that dominating. There were a bunch of interceptions. So uh, what have you done with Tom Herman's squad in uh, in year one of that era? Yeah, so I was dead wrong about Florida Atlantic. I kind of thought they could be a really interesting team this year, especially with Herman, with all the talent that's available in the Sunshine State. And I thought that getting Casey Thompson would be a really big upgrade for the Owls. You know, he was at Texas. You know, Tom Herman was the offensive coordinator there at Texas, went out and handpicked Casey Thompson to be his quarterback in the transfer portal. And not only has Florida Atlantic really underwhelmed, I mean, they were very underwhelming two weeks ago against Ohio and then followed it up with a pretty bad performance against Clemson. But Casey Thompson's out for the season, tore his ACL. Now, Daniel Richardson, who is now the starting quarterback for the Owls, has a lot of experience. He actually played fairly well at Central Michigan over the last few seasons. But I gave Florida Atlantic a seven and a half point drop in part because of the fact that Thompson won that job over Richardson. And then also because they just haven't been impressive enough to really deserve the benefit of the doubt in my numbers. A couple other teams that you hit on in in the article, Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, UConn, who uh, lost to Florida International uh, 24 to 17. Uh, We do something on uh, VSIN primetime each and every weeknight, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern, me and Sean King, Adam, where we pick a a underdog of a touchdown or more that we think could that win outright. And uh, my dart throw was FIU this week, so I was able to, uh, happy to bring that one home. Uh, a couple of the more bigger boys, and let's talk about the most polarizing team in college football, that being Colorado. Colorado has been a massive riser for you and many others, odds makers, professional bettors, uh, trying to figure out, trying to catch up, you know, what to do with the power ratings. Uh, they obviously covered a 21-point spread in week one, covered a three-point spread in week two, 21-point dog, that is, three-point spread against Nebraska. And then this week, you know, I said it on Thursday's pod, Adam, I, I really loved the spot for Colorado State. Colorado State was a team that I was high on coming into this year, have a win total bet over four and a half. But then everything unfolds with the Jay Norvell discussion and yada, yada, yada. So I I stayed off the game. And then we watch, you know, the instant classic happen. Travis Hunter gets hurt, cheap shot. He's out a couple of weeks. So what have you done with Colorado who, you know, Colorado State for a good chunk of that game looked like they were going to leave Boulder with a victory. Yeah, I think it's really difficult at this point because what's real and what's not real for Colorado can be talked about at length. I mean, it, it you know, look, they should have lost that game to Colorado State. They were pathetic through three quarters. They were very, very bad offensively. Then they kind of got things going, of course, had the 98-yard touchdown drive to tie it. But we, the one thing we know for sure about this team is Shadur Sanders is a dude. I mean, yes, he he's going to be a first-round draft pick, whether he comes out this year or if he waits. He is a dude. He's very athletic, can make a ton of throws. And I, I don't really know if I'm going to have an accurate power rating on Colorado throughout the majority of the season just because of everything that's kind of surrounding this program. But I did drop them four points here. Part of it because, as I mentioned, they deserve to lose that game to Colorado State. But then also the Travis Hunter injury. And maybe that's not enough. I mean, maybe Travis Hunter is really worth a significant amount of points to the line because he can play both sides of the ball. 
I dropped them down four points. My line is only 18 here this week, so it is definitely below the market for that game against Oregon. But it is close to where the number opened. So let's mm-hmm. see if the money was right on Oregon or if maybe a four-point adjustment was pretty reasonable with the Buffs. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned dudes. I mean, Shador, Sanders, Mel Kuyper in his most updated, you know, big board, I think had Shador at six, six or seven, something like that. So he's been rising up there. Um, you know, that 98-yard drive was just unbelievable. Uh, the two-point conversion was really impressive. But, man, that defense is yikes. Not great. And, you know, it, it was a cheap shot. There's no doubt about it. That said, this team doesn't have depth, and we've talked about that a lot. And the attrition of a season before you've gotten into Pac-12 play, which is, you know, arguably the best conference in college football this year with eight teams right now in the top 25, they're, they're going to have quite the stretch here coming up with Oregon and then USC. Uh, one more for me, and then if you have any others uh, that you dropped that you wanted to hit on. Uh, but a team that I, I was – kind of bullish on a little bit. I didn't end up getting to the window. I missed the good number on their win total was Kentucky. Uh, they bring back Liam Cohen after a year with the Rams. Uh, they go to the portal. They get Devin Leary, who had that ridiculous hype last year of him winning the Heisman Trophy and all that crap that obviously nothing came to fruition there. Kentucky's 3-0. and um, You know, they play Vanderbilt this weekend. Then they host Florida, which could be an interesting game because Florida looks decent um and then they play georgia but what have you done with the wildcats so far uh through three games so this is kind of a litmus test for my priors and all the work that i did over the summer because i was very high on kentucky i like their season win total over i had this team power rated higher than the market did felt like i had a pretty good pulse on the wildcats thought that liam cohen coming back was a big deal because liam cohen frankly, is the reason I think why Will Levis was being talked about as a first-round pick. Because two years ago when Cohen was there, Levis had his best season and looked really good, started to pop in front of the scouts and all that kind of thing. Didn't really perform super well last year without Cohen. But for Cohen here, you know, the offense, I mean, they've outscored the opposition 107-34. to They played absolutely nobody in that span. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, and Akron. I My numbers have consistently been high on them. So I gave them a four point drop because I think it's important early on in the year. And, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit at the top with Michigan. Michigan's played a bunch of pushovers and they haven't looked dominant. Kentucky's done the same thing. And I don't think they've looked super dominant. They don't look explosive whatsoever on offense, specifically in the passing game. So I dropped them four points to kind of see if maybe my perception of them was a little bit too high. And here they are. They're a 14-point favorite against Vanderbilt here this week, as you mentioned, and I have an 11-point favorite. So maybe I was right. Maybe I should have kept my number where it was, and if I'm proven wrong, then I will adjust them back up. But I think to this point, they've just kind of underwhelmed me, and my lines have been a little bit high on them. So I guess I'll kind of respect the market until I'm given a reason to actually trust in my numbers. We're going to hit a break here on the other side of the break. We're going to talk about uh, stock up teams that improved uh, in Adams power ratings from what he saw in week three, but a whole other big, you know, list of big name teams in your, in your stock report there uh, that you drop, whether it be Florida state, uh, Alabama, 
um, a handful of other you know notable teams, Georgia. Anyone you want to hit on before we uh, touch a break here? Well, I think there are a couple that are kind of worth hitting on here. I mean, uh, you know, Cincinnati's been a really interesting team, and I only dropped them two and a half points in my numbers, but you know, Red Hawks, baby. Yeah, I Liberty, mean, <laughs> bring home that victory, boo! Like, I mean, a phenomenal win for the Red Hawks program. That's awesome for them, but like. You know, I saw the Eastern Kentucky game and I was like, man, like, I know it's an FCS team, but Emory Jones looked really, really good. And then they play that game against Pitt. And, you know, that was not a great box score for either team offensively. Cincinnati played well enough, certainly to win the game and, you know, badly outgained Pitt. But then kind of getting pushed around a little bit by by Miami of Ohio. In fairness, Cincinnati did badly outgain them in that game, but they also ran 91 offensive plays to 49 for the Red Hawks. So the Red Hawks had a bunch of big explosive plays and Cincinnati just kind of leaned on them throughout the game, ran the ball 57 times for 273 yards. So maybe I'm a little bit, you know, too aggressive moving Cincinnati down just because of, you know, the shock value of that loss. But that was one that stood out to me a little bit. One other one to mention here is Troy. I dropped Troy four points in my power ratings. I really expected this team to be good. They brought back a lot of talent. I thought John Summerall was a really good head coach. Troy's looked bad. And this is something that's really important to talk about. And I know that we're, we're going to have a break here in a minute, but there have been several instances this season where a team has looked really good one week and really awful the next week, or they've looked really good, blown out a team I thought would be good. Then they go and have an underwhelming performance in the next game. And Kansas State is one of those teams. I was against you last week. I had Kansas State in that game against Missouri because I was very impressed with what Kansas State did to Troy. And I was not impressed at all with what Missouri did against Middle Tennessee. I mean, that they should have lost that game outright, to be totally honest with you. But then Kansas State does what they do against Missouri. Troy loses to James Madison at home. Very bad look for the Trojans in that game because James Madison's lost a ton from last year. So I dropped Troy four points, and this is something I think is a really important lesson for everybody out there and one that I keep learning myself here. You cannot just take what happened the previous year, take it for granted, and assume specifically at the group of five level that that team will be good again because I've had several of those that I've overvalued here coming into the season with Troy being the most prominent one at this point in time and UTSA being another one where their quarterback Frank Harris is dealing with turf toe, and that would you know, lead to another drop in my numbers if he ends up being out for any length of time. Yeah, that Troy James Madison game was infuriating. Uh, I had Troy Moneyline, um, thought it was a great spot for Troy coming off the ass whooping at the hands of Kansas State. Uh, James Madison, very emotional win coming back against Virginia in-state rivalry there. And uh, the offense is just all over the place, man. Gunnar Watson and and that offense was yikes. Uh, I will mention James Madison in a potential situational spot coming up here a little bit later on in the podcast. But let's take a break. When we come back, let's uh, let's get Adam's juices flowing on the positive side of things because it wasn't all doom and gloom. I know he's a Browns fan, but uh, there was some positives from the weekend. That was quick break. Back after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We're back. It is the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. Week four of the college football season is, I don't know, like uh, filet mignon and a nice glass of red wine. I mean, however you want to define it. Whatever your favorite meal is, this meal is going to be tremendous. And uh, we've got just matchups galore but to get you ready for those matchups we continue to look at adam's power ratings once again that article always available at vison.com as uh, he takes a look at the market and his adjustments so uh we were a little doom and gloom talking about some uh negativity let's uh let's turn things up a bunch stock up all right adam positivity here and uh how about a team that we talked to the head coach of Fresno State, Jeff Tedford, during Mountain West Media Days on VEASAN Primetime. And I was very curious about this team. I didn't know what to expect. Jay Kaner won us a whole lot of money last year backing him and that Fresno State squad. But they lost a lot. Jordan Mims as well. And I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on Fresno State because they're 3-0. and They beat Purdue, who... I don't know. You know what is Purdue? They're now one and two. They needed overtime to beat Eastern Washington, who's usually a pretty quality FCS program, and then they blanked Arizona State, who is what seems to be pretty dreadful and has no quarterback. So, what have you done with Fresno State? Well, I bumped Fresno State four points in my power ratings here this week, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that Mikey Keene has played so well because. I wasn't really sure what to do with this team coming into the season. Anytime you lose an elite group of five quarterback like a Jake Hayner, I think it's really challenging to figure out what that team is going to be like because at the group of five level, one superstar, you know, in a relative sense kind of player can really hide a lot of deficiencies. So 
I was a little bit low on Fresno State coming into the season, but Keene has played extremely well, has taken 11 sacks through three games. That's a bit of a concern, I think. And maybe my number has run out a little bit too far because I have them about a 33-point favorite against Kent State. Line's only 27.5. So maybe I didn't need to make the adjustment for Fresno State, but I did, and we'll see if it ends up you know, working out. But again, I think Tedford's a really damn good offensive mind. And with a guy like Keene in a conference like the Mountain West where I don't know if anybody's really all that great in that conference this year, then I, I gave Fresno State the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, look, I mean, the tough thing about this is they play Kent State this week. Kent State is awful. They play Nevada the following week, which you want to talk about what I talked about before the break with teams that just have, like, the strangest performances back-to-back. Kansas. They get trucked by Idaho at home. And then take Kansas to the wire. Now, Kansas was definitely the better team by the box score, but basically take Kansas deep into the fourth quarter in that game last week. So I don't know what Fresno State will do in that game, but I really won't find out about the Bulldogs until October 7th when they go to Laramie and take on a very, very solid Wyoming team. So this next team, which I believe is your biggest upgrade uh, in your article, um, I was, you know, sometimes you have a Texas Tech versus Oregon moment where you're the right side the entire night and then you lose the bet and you're you're devastated like I was uh sometimes you're just dead wrong and that's what I was on Saturday I thought it was the ultimate buy low sell high situation I took three and a half with Buffalo close three I'm like all right market's agreeing with me they're taking on Liberty Liberty had looked fine against Bowling Green and New Mexico State, and Buffalo started 0-2. They had an FCS loss to Fordham in the battle of uh, who the true New York institution is, and uh, they looked okay against Wisconsin. They got hammered. I mean, Caden Salter, he completed 16 passes for 344 yards. I mean, props to Jamie Chadwell and this Liberty squad. Uh, They took care of business and then some. So uh, what have you done with the Flames? Yeah, this is tied for my biggest move of the week. I actually gave UNLV a big five-point bump off of that outright win against Vanderbilt. And also, my line was definitely high on Michigan against UNLV earlier in the week or earlier in the season. So I felt like I had to move the Rebels up. But Liberty here, five-point upgrade for me. And there's two facets to this. One is, I mean, it was very impressive. There's three facets, really. It was very impressive what they did against Buffalo extremely impressed with how Caden Salter has picked up this offense. Nine, nothing touchdown interception ratio. He's the second leading rusher on the team with almost 200 rushing yards. They're running for over five yards a carry. They're creating gigantic explosive plays in the passing game. But the biggest thing to me is I was a little bit lower on Liberty coming into the season, because when you look historically at coastal Carolina with Jamie Chadwell, both getting hired as the OC and the year that he stepped in for Joe Mowgli and was the interim head coach, Coastal Carolina's offense was not particularly good. So I kind of was, I came into this season thinking, well, look, I really like Chadwell's offense. I love the scheme. I love all the pre snap motion, creates mismatches in the numbers on the outside. As long as the quarterback makes the right decision, they can pick those off and go for big plays, right? So I thought, okay, is it the scheme or was it Grayson McCall? Is this scheme really hard to pick up based on what we saw at Coastal Carolina and the infancy of installing his offense? If it is, then Liberty is going to struggle because I don't know much about Caden Salter because he battled a bunch of injuries last year. So this was twofold, basically. One was, 
giving Liberty the credit that they deserve for what they've done here so far, particularly on offense, and two, kind of a correction because I was low on this team, and it seems like maybe my concerns were a little bit unfounded, and they're just going to you know, do what they want to do offensively, and quite frankly, they haven't really played anybody yet, and, and that's perfectly fine. Here's the thing about Conference USA. They won't really play anybody there either. So I think this Liberty offense is going to continue to hum all year long. I think the defense will improve as we get going. So that may just be scratching the surface of the adjustments I'll have to make on Liberty, bumping them up five points this week. Miami played Bethune-Cookman on Thursday, which you can't really take too much from that performance. I don't even think they covered. I think that line was like 52. So they went 48-7, to but two weeks ago, what a performance it was against Texas A&M. Uh, I had Miami, so that was a, a surprising result there. I mean, I am not a Mario Cristobal fan whatsoever, and I'm pretty confident he'll mess this up some somehow uh, this year. But as you pointed out, Tyler Van Dyke looks the part like he did a couple years ago. They've got dudes all over the place, so... It feels like this Miami team is is the real deal. Yeah, and depending on the mock draft you check out, there's one, two, maybe more Miami defenders that are you know potential first-round picks and certainly guys that will go in the top 90 on that defense. So if the offense is fixed with Tyler Van Dyke, and maybe we don't know that for sure, maybe Texas A&M just sucks and that's just how it's going to be this season. But, you know, I talked about that Cincinnati game earlier with Miami-Ohio. And Miami, Florida dominated Miami of Ohio in week one. And then the Red Hawks go and beat Cincinnati. So I'm kind of thinking to myself, okay, is it time for me to give the Hurricanes some respect? Because from a talent standpoint, this is an excellent roster. Is Cristobal going to be the guy? I think that's the big question. Probably won't find out too much this week on the road against Temple, which, by the way, our own Stormy Bonantoni will be the sideline reporter for. But I gave Miami a four-point bump, and I think that that's you know, pretty fair kind of given – where they are right now nationally. It makes them the 19th ranked team in the country for me. And I think kind of what we've seen here so far, how explosive the offense does look, I I think that they've got a real legitimate shot here of being the second best team in the ACC. You also upgraded UNLV five points um, after their nice win over Vanderbilt, 40 to 37. The market was against them in that game and uh, ultimately – UNLV pulled it out. Vanderbilt missed a field goal late in that one that would have uh, given them the lead. Uh, Syracuse up three. Nice win for them on the road at Purdue. Washington goes to Michigan State. Absolutely destroys a uh, what seems to be kind of a, uh, uh, just I don't know I don't know how to define it. What Michigan State's going to be? BCU upgraded well. So before we hit another break and do some look aheads. Uh, and letdowns, and also just a quick glance at week four. Uh, any other teams you want to hit on here in your stock up? Yeah, I'll give you a couple. One of them, a uh, team that you, know, you probably told me was going to be better than I thought, but maybe I didn't listen to you. San Jose State got a three-and-a-half-point bump for me. My line was way off last week against Toledo, and I actually thought that game was going to fly over the total. But San Jose State held Daquan Finn under 100 passing yards. And Toledo, albeit against Texas Southern, who's really, really bad, they scored 50 points in the first half of the previous game. So stepping up in class here against San Jose State, Toledo looked like a completely different team. Huge win on the road for the Spartans, making that long trip out to the Glass Bowl, which is a really weird situational spot for them. 
So I give San Jose State a three and a half point bump. Uh, as you mentioned, I gave Washington a bump. I gave Northwestern another bump too, because the thing about Northwestern is they keep playing really good second halves. And David Braun, their interim head coach, was the defensive coordinator at North Dakota State. Defensively, they've totally figured it out. And even in that game against Rutgers, after the first two possessions for the Scarlet Knights, they got very little on offense. So Northwestern, I gave them a three-point bump. Uh, Rutgers, I also gave a three-and-a-half-point bump for what it's worth. And then one other one to keep an eye on here. Not a bump for now, but if Texas Tech goes with Baron Morton at quarterback instead of doing what they're doing right now with, with Tyler Shuck and kind of bouncing everybody around, if they go to Baron Morton full-time, I will bump Texas Tech three points at least in my power ratings because I think he's definitely the best quarterback on that roster. Once again, vcin.com, make sure to check it out. The full breakdown, tons of uh, stock up and stock down there from Adam on uh, on that stock report. We're going to hit some letdown and look-ahead spots and also some early thoughts on week number four. We'll do that after this break. It is the vcin College Football Betting Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. We're back here on the VSIN College Football Betting podcast i do want to get to some situational spots here but uh quick thoughts adam just we don't normally break down the saturday slate here on this show but this is such a monster slate i just wanted to get some quick thoughts uh notre dame ohio state college game day in south bend uh notre dame has 
basically zero success ever against Ohio State. Uh, I think this will be a very trendy dog, which scares the hell out of me. When my neighbor comes up to me and says, I think Notre Dame's going to win, I'm pretty sure they're going to lose. Um, early thoughts on Notre Dame, Ohio State, and did the Buckeyes figure some things out against Western Kentucky? Right now, pretty much three and a half across the board for Ohio State. I think it's a possibility. I mean, Jim Knowles' defense looks good, albeit against Indiana, yeah, Youngstown does. State, and, and Western Kentucky, but I like this Western Kentucky team a lot, and they just completely put it on them in that game. So that was a good sign for the Buckeyes. I've said this, you know, I think Kyle McCord throws a really good ball. I think he's got good arm strength. I think he's really composed in the pocket, although, again, hasn't really been tested a ton. But, you know, I mean, Ohio State's got dudes all over the field. They've got, like, nine different running backs they could give the ball to if they want. But, again, they've played Indiana, Youngstown State, and Western Kentucky. And, frankly, we're underwhelming against Indiana and Youngstown State before, you know, what they did to the Hilltoppers last week. I feel like I have a better idea of what Notre Dame is at this point in time. And with Sam Hartman, they're clearly a much improved team. And we'll see you know, how much Marcus Freeman kind of picked up coming off of last year's game. I, I still have some issues with Ohio State's offensive play calling, but I'm right on the market here. I have this number at three and a half. I will not be betting this game. And frankly, after what happened to the Browns and seeing Nick Chubb go down, I just kind of assume Ohio State finds a way to lose. Well, I'll be there. Um, I'm looking forward to it. My first time back on campus, I want to say in, I don't know, like eight or nine years. I usually go to road games or neutral site games. Uh, I believe this will be game number 32, 33 for me for Notre Dame. Um, there you go. I'm, I'm going to New Mexico State and Hawaii out in Honolulu. So, Are you really? No, absolutely not. I wish, though. Oh, I was like, I was like, wow, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm going to go to Hawaii and go watch that game. I, yep. You know what? <laughs> hey, man, we've done some crazy things as sports fans. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you, uh, maybe you knew, know Timmy Chang. Um, you do, but uh, uh, yeah, a friend maybe, of maybe Eason can, Prime. Maybe you can get me some tickets. Well, I mean, they're coming to town next week. They are coming to UNLV next week. Uh, my my thoughts, real quickly. I, I agree with you on the Jim Knowles defense. I think. Ohio State's defense is kind of going to be the X factor in this one because I think Notre Dame's offensive line has shown some question marks. Uh, they have two young guards, and uh, I think that's going to be interesting. And, and look, you know, you mentioned Brian Hartline, uh, the new offensive coordinator. Jared Parker's a new offensive coordinator, too, for Notre Dame. So, look, very rarely has Notre Dame gone into matchups like this in recent years and had the better quarterback. Uh, I mean, if you look at all the Ohio State Notre Dame games, it's always been on the Ohio State side of things. Even when it was Brady Quinn going up against Troy Smith, Troy Smith won the Heisman Trophy. So, um, yeah, I, I I'm fascinated by this game. Look ahead lines were north of a touchdown now down to three, three and a half. I think DraftKings was even two and a half before this past weekend. So, uh, yeah, that is going to be an incredible scene. I said it, and I, I believe it. You know, Notre Dame Clemson in 2020, not last year, uh, the one versus four game where Trevor Lawrence had COVID. It's probably the biggest game uh, Notre Dame's had in their own stadium in this century uh, or since the Bush Push game. I think with a crowd, this will be the biggest game at that stadium since uh, the Bush Push game. And, you know, Notre Dame fans, I don't know if it's jealousy, Adam, or uh, just a, a regional thing, but. They don't, they hate Ohio State. I mean, because if they ever, I mean, they haven't beaten Ohio State since the 30s. 
They did a home and home in the nineties. Ohio state swept it. They've had, they played in a couple bowl games. Ohio state's won all of them. And uh, obviously they played last year. So Notre Dame has seen zero success against Ohio state. So I, I think this atmosphere is going to be tremendous. And uh, that'll be my question is can Kyle McCord or how will Kyle McCord react to a true hostile environment? Yeah, I think it's a fair question to be sure. Um, you know, I mean, because we, we don't know. I mean, they've had, you know, they, they played the game on the road in Indiana, but that's not playing at South Bend. So, you know, look, I mean, I think that the big thing for Ohio State is going to be, you know, how well they cover with Sam Hartman. Because last year they didn't really have to worry about any kind of semblance of a passing offense from Notre Dame. And in fact, throughout the course of that game, it really felt like Notre Dame was doing everything they could to keep Buckner from putting the ball in the air. So Ohio State yep. was really able to crowd the line, didn't have to worry about anything whatsoever over the top. Sam Hartman's a 30-year-old dude masquerading as a college kid. He's going to be composed. He's <laughs> going to be able to throw the ball down the field. So, you know, that'll be kind of be the question. And, and you know, for the Knowles defense, I mean, how aggressive are they going to be in terms of their blitz packages? You know, do they feel like their secondary can be one-on-one -on -one with the Notre Dame receivers and tight ends and, you know, be able to make plays against Hartman? I don't know. I think from an X's and O's standpoint, it's a fascinating game. And, you know, look, I mean – even though we've, you know, we saw a really impressive performance from Notre Dame against NC State, seems like the Wolfpack maybe not that good. This game will tell us a lot about both of these teams for the rest of the season. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, I, I think there's no question uh, Ohio State has more dudes than Notre Dame. Now, Ohio State has some weaknesses that hope you're Notre Dame, you hope to take advantage of. But um, I, I'd be curious if Notre Dame is able to run the ball with a regularity with Audric Estime and the stable of backs that they have. And they have a lot of number two receivers. They don't have a dude at wide receiver. Uh, so I think they're going to have to scheme it up. Sam Hartman's going to be have to be on his game. 13 touchdowns, no picks so far this year. Um, but uh, I, I can't wait to see it in person. Uh, and it'll be a, a fun one to watch. Uh, before we hit some situational spots uh, of the other big-time games, any others that are really uh, – you know, pique your interest. I've got one that I'm fascinated to see, but uh, of the other, you know, quote unquote, big ones this weekend, anything else jump at you or any angles you see right now that you, you're going to look to attack from a betting standpoint? Yeah, I think there are a couple of things. I mean, I, I'm really curious to see what Oregon State does to slow down Cameron Ward, because I mean, that's a game where, you know, we're going to find out a lot about DJU as well. And, and you know, he looks mm -hmm. a lot improved up there in, in Corvallis, but you know, again, for Oregon State, I mean, they played Untested. San Jose State, UC Davis, and a San Diego State team that I think is god-awful. Uh, so, you know, Oregon State, we haven't seen a whole lot from them. Washington State, I mean, they have they blew out a Colorado State team that just hung with the flavor of the year. They, you know, beat Wisconsin in Madison. So, I mean, we've, we kind of know what Washington State is. I don't think it, we know for sure what Oregon State is. So, I think that's a really fascinating game. Maybe my favorite game, to be honest with you, of the weekend just because I'm super excited to see you know those two teams kind of go head to head. The one I think is probably the most interesting is Ole Miss and Alabama and, and Alabama being a seven point favorite here. And that's about where I have the number. I think I have it six and a half. Actually, Jalen Milrow, maybe he was just quietly suspended last week. I don't know because I can't really explain any other reason why he didn't come into that game with how the other two guys looked, but Milrow at least gives them the best chance, but man, Ole Miss, and I know that there were some concerns about Tulane, and obviously they kind of covered that number late, but 
I mean, Jackson Dart being a legitimate dual threat quarterback is kind of interesting with what, you know, Lane Kiffin wants to do with a back in Quinshawn Judkins. who was really good last year and is struggling this year. You know, Alabama got beat over the top a lot by Quinn Ewers. I don't know how good the defensive front seven is, and I know the offense isn't very good. But at the same time, look at the respect in the market for Alabama being a touchdown favorite in that game. So I think that game is extremely fascinating. I don't think it's a great betting game, but I think it's extremely fascinating to keep an eye on. I'm tempted to lay it. I'm very tempted to lay it with Alabama. And uh, if I'm wrong, hey, I, I mean, Ole Miss, karma karma justice is coming for them at some point because their last two covers have been some straight up, you know what, man, that was uh, some crap from, from, from Kiffin to cover those numbers. Uh, this from the Bear, Chris Felica, he said six ranked matchups this week. First time there has been this many ranked matchups on a September Saturday since 2006. And one of them is not Florida State Clemson because Clemson's ranked in the coaches, but not the AP. And Clemson is a home dog for the first time since they beat Lamar Jackson in uh, October of 2016. And then prior to that, the last time they were a home dog was in October of 2013 when they got hammered by Jameis Winston and Florida State. So it's pretty wild to see this Clemson team home dog in this spot and the fact that they're unranked. Um, but uh, I'm really curious to see that one. Noon kick. So, you know, what's the buzz like down there at Death Valley? And, you know, Florida State, I I, I think they're as good as they were at LSU. But my God, that performance at Boston College, yikes. I mean, Boston College is a team that lost to Northern Illinois and should have lost to Holy Cross. And if not for what, 18 penalties? They might have beaten Florida State on Saturday. Yeah, it's, you know, and I talked about this in my Power Ratings article this week where, like, I, I just, you're getting all these mixed signals from these teams, these Jekyll and Hyde types of performances where, you know, I mean, this is a this is another one. I mean, Florida State probably should have lost that game to Boston College last week. They gave up six yards per play to Boston College. I mean, you mentioned they lost to Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois lost to Southern Illinois. Now, to be fair, they won the box score but lost the game. But then they got soundly beaten by Nebraska, who I, who was very disappointing to me at this point in time. So I don't know, man. It's really hard to evaluate some of these performances week in and week out. But for Florida State to score 111 points against LSU and Southern Miss and then almost get beaten by Boston College, it, it doesn't compute. And I guess this will be the game where we find out, like, how good is this Clemson roster still, right? Like, are people still going there? in the era of the NIL where Dabo Sweeney is vehemently against players being paid. And, you know, he, he does all of the, and look, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of very devout religious recruits that are out there, but you know, some of that religious stuff that may rub some potential recruits the wrong way. He's lost his coordinators, you know, a couple times over now. Like, I think we find out a lot about this Clemson team, not only in week four and for the rest of this season, but for the state of that program going forward in that game at noon on Saturday. Yeah, I am uh, also tempted to take the points. Uh, I don't know if I can get there, though. Um, they they looked, they could just turn the ball over against Duke. They had a ton of yards against Duke, but uh, very curious to see that one. All right, let's wrap up the podcast with some uh, situational spots. 
Let down and look ahead. How about this, Adam? Duke is one of the last, I think, five or six Power Five programs that have not hosted college game day. If Notre Dame beats Ohio State, it's a lock. Game day will be in Durham, North Carolina, for Duke Notre Dame, which was announced as a primetime ABC game on 7:30. Uh, big noon kickoff, surprise, surprise, is going to Colorado for Colorado USC. Even if Notre Dame loses, but kind of respectively, I still think they might go to Durham, who is off to a 3-0 start, just hammered Northwestern. This spot is just screaming look ahead. I mean, you're hosting Notre Dame in primetime on ABC. That is uncharted territory for a Duke program who, yes, played Monday night against Clemson. And now you got to go up to Connecticut, sleepy spot. UConn's coming off a loss to FIU. I got to take the points here with UConn. Um, You know, it's up to 22, 22 and a half. Uh, UConn looked to just, you know, got awful losing to FIU. But this is a hold your nose special because, you know, as a, as a program who, you know, props to them for winning nine games last year and Mike Elko probably will be gone after this year, whether it be Michigan State or another job. I, I just think this is a really tough spot to be completely buttoned up and to take care of business here. So uh, I think this is a massive look ahead spot for the Blue Devils. Yeah, it's not a good spot for Duke at all, especially when you consider the fact that, I mean, this is a total of 48 with a spread over three touchdowns. This is kind of what I talked about earlier in the show. Like I go into a handicap like this thinking, how many points do I need the underdog to score to cover this number? And if Connecticut can get into double digits, I think there's a good chance they can cover this number just simply by the fact that Duke, they don't really create a ton of explosive plays. In the second half, they're going to be thinking about that game next week, especially if they have a pretty big lead. So it would be UConn or nothing for me. My line here is 21 and a half, but from a spot standpoint, you know, it's it's kind of a weird travel situation, even though it's still just on the East Coast. It's just a, an odd game, I think, here for Duke. But that being said, I mean, you know, while you want to factor situational spots into the handicap, and, and to me, I don't think they should be the be-all, end-all. They should be part of the handicap. Is, you know, Mike Elko a good enough coach to keep this team focused on, you know, the cliche going 1-0 and every week and, you know, all that kind of thing, not developing bad habits going into that game against Notre Dame. So is Elko good enough to help them overcome this spot? Maybe, but it would be you, Connor, nothing for me based on the spread. How about this sandwich spot? Um, I thought James Madison was in a potential letdown situation after beating uh, Virginia. Um the weekend prior coming back from double digits in the fourth quarter, scoring with 55 seconds to go. But I, you know, while I still think Troy, I don't know if they were the right side, but I, I expected more from them. I, I was more betting on Troy to bounce back than James Madison to be in a letdown spot. But remember James Madison's in the Sun Belt, still can't compete for Sun Belt uh, championship year two of this transition bull crap. So they played Troy their coaches are going nuts on the sideline, showing the belt to Troy fans. They're yapping as James Madison wins 16-14. to 14. Next week, Adam, South Alabama goes to Harrisonburg in another big-time matchup in the Sun Belt. And this week, how about this travel spot? They got to travel to Logan to take on Utah State. Now, full disclosure, 
I think Utah State kind of stinks. Um, I don't know their quarterback situation. Uh, Cooper, was it Laga, got hurt or did he get pulled? Whatever it was. But man, this sandwich spot is brutal for James Madison. And you got to remember this. This team is not eligible for a bowl. So they're kind of playing different games as Super Bowls. You know, the South Alabama game, I'd imagine, would be big for them. I mean, man, this is a really weird spot for uh, for James Madison. And uh, I think Utah State is 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 in a pretty good spot here against JMU. Yeah, it's a super weird spot, to say the least. And as you mentioned, I mean, back-to-back really emotional games for them. Uh, looks like McKay Hillstead will be the starting quarterback going forward for Utah State, at least kind of doing a Twitter search and seeing what – you know, the Utah State fan base is thinking three-star recruit, uh, at least according to 24-7 out of Utah, 5'11 kid. So maybe not the biggest of guys, but he is a, a freshman quarterback here. That also is an interesting thing when you get that transition to somebody who's kind of thought to be sort of the future of the program. So maybe that kind of energizes the fan base there a little bit. It is a weird game. It is a weird number. Also for James Madison, you know, not just the emotional gas tank, but the physical one going and playing in elevation, which to be fair, you know, they, they kind of do when they take on Appalachian state, but it's not to the same degree as playing in the Rockies. So we'll see. But again, it's one of those where it would be, you know, Utah state or nothing for me. My line is six. So if I felt like the spot was strong enough to push me into a play, I would kind of hope that maybe James Madison touches seven and I'd be more interested in it. But yeah, that's a, a very strange spot to say the least. Yeah, and what's interesting, too, is, you know, Circa, which I think you and I and, and most people agree, one of, if not the sharpest college football book out there, they actually opened this game, too. Now, they've been bet up, and they have to react to respected money coming in, but I, it depends on sometimes. We've talked about this. Do you trust the bookmakers and what their original line was? Do you trust the respected money? I tend to, you know, more so lean towards the respected money, but... Sometimes the line that they set might be truer to to what it ultimately closes at. So always something to keep in mind. Well, there, and but. I think something else, too, is, you know, uh, the the sharper of the books, you know, they're going to adjust their numbers accordingly, but they're also going to go back. And I know this is something that Brad Powers, you know, a regular guest on, on VEASAN tonight preaches about, you know, he goes back and regrades every game throughout the course of the season so that he knows that he's making the proper adjustments and, for me, I just I don't really have time for that with everything else that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of doing at VSIM, but I do try to keep it in mind, as I mentioned earlier in the show, thinking about, you know, what the week one wins mean relative to where that team kind of is now, stuff like that. For James Madison, look, maybe Troy is bad. Like I talked about during my stock down where I dropped Troy four points. Maybe they're just not as good. We know Virginia is bad. And that was a game where yeah. James Madison, you know, trailed pretty badly going they trailed by 11 going into the fourth quarter of that game so that's something where yeah James Madison's gotten these nice emotional wins but we know Virginia's bad and maybe Troy is bad and maybe that's why Circa opened two on that game and maybe that will ultimately be closer to what the correct number should have been um maybe they factored in the spot maybe they didn't but that is something that's important to keep in mind you know you see oh James Madison went on the road at Troy what a great win not if Troy has taken a huge step back this season. So I think that's kind of an important caveat to mention, you know, with a game like this. Yeah, and Air Force beat up Utah State pretty good. But Air Force, I know they lost their quarterback and probably the best player in school history, uh, the running back that they had. But 
Air Force is usually pretty damn good, man. Pretty damn good. All right. Um, final situational spot I want to hit on, and I think we have a disagreement here, is this Memphis-Missouri kind of wacky game. Uh, it's in St. Louis. Um, Missouri's coming off of just an, a massive emotional high, beating Kansas State. Uh, you mentioned Missouri when they beat Middle Tennessee, and you know Brady Cook after the post game or during the post game press conference was immediately talking about Kansas State. That game was huge for them, and now for Missouri in this spot, you're going to a neutral site game. I, I don't know how packed that the dome is going to be. They start SEC play the following week, albeit it's against Vanderbilt, so it's not like it's a big time opponent, but. This spot is 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 really tricky. And, you know, for Memphis, I think this is – I thought last week was going to be a tough spot for them, short week preparing for Navy. Uh, they're able to win that game. Memphis, hard to fully gauge what they are because they played Bethune-Cookman and Arkansas State, who you have correctly power rated as the worst FBS team uh, out there. So Memphis still kind of hard to gauge, but at a touchdown – I'm I'm going to side with the Tigers here. I think this is going to be a really well. I guess the Memphis Tigers. Uh, I think this is a really tough spot for Missouri, fresh off of just a emotionally crazy win over Kansas. I was going to say you're doing that tout thing and just saying, "Oh, I'm taking the Tigers in this game," and then I'm taking the Tigers. <laughs> and yeah. You can't lose it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think one of the big things here about Memphis was they finally played a team with a pulse in Navy, and they got outgained by Navy, who runs the football yep. like 85% of the time. So that wasn't really a great look. Also, as that game was playing out, and it was you know basically a standalone Thursday night game because the other one was Miami and Bethune-Cookman, who, by the way, Memphis also blew out Bethune earlier in the year. Everybody was kind of on Twitter talking about how bad of a coaching job Ryan Silverfield is doing with Memphis. This is a team with talent, but I do not think they are well coached. So the big thing that's kind of the holdup for me in this game, and I do have Missouri, I think it's an 11 or 11 and a half point favorite here. The, the reason why I haven't played this game is because Brady Cook's got that sprained knee that he hurt in that game against Kansas State, kind of fought through it. But you know, that was something that I kind of saw pop up a little bit uh, on social media. And again, you know, as, as awful as social media is in so many ways, a lot of times it's the only way that we can get any kind of update on you know what's going on with with these teams and, and some of the situations so if I remember correctly I believe I saw that Cook you know is kind of dealing with yeah. a bit of a knee thing so that's what's held me off of this game I just think Memphis maybe isn't all that good um, but yeah I think it's a really tough spot but I'll throw a few more at you I'm surprised you didn't yeah. mention this one there's I mean there's several of them on the card here this week and I will have that article out on Tuesday at vcin.com so uh Middle Tennessee State is not better than Colorado State. It's on my list. They are just not. But that game is an absurdly bad spot for the Rams. I mean, that could not be a worse spot. They're making the long trip, mm -hmm. flying to Nashville, then taking a bus to Murfreesboro. Uh, obviously, everything that happened last week in the game against Colorado. Uh, you know, you got players getting death threats and all those kinds of things. So just so many distractions for this Rams team. I think Middle Tennessee State is quite bad, but ugh, I i mean, I have Colorado State favored in the game. I, I wouldn't bet it with your money, with Sean's money, with, with anybody's money. <laughs> but it's a spot. Uh, it's, it's a big-time spot. It's its on my list. It'll be mentioned on Tuesday's VEASAN primetime for sure. Um, the only hesitation I have is that Middle Tennessee went to Fort Collins last year and kicked Colorado State's ass. 
So there is that revenge factor, but there's no doubt. Uh, I'm staying off this game. It would be Middle Tennessee or pass because how in God's name does Colorado State, you know, with everything they put in for that Colorado game to be on the precipice of pulling off that upset as a 24-point dog and then to see it slip away in overtime, double overtime. And like you said, they've been in the headlines. They're still in the headlines with the Hunter injury. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a really, really tough spot for Colorado State. For and, sure. and there are some other interesting games, too. I mean, you know, SMU and TCU is a huge rivalry down in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. That's one where you know, that's almost always a competitive game, it feels like. And, and last year, TCU won that game 42-34, and it was every bit as close as the score would indicate. I mean, the yardage, they were just 11 yards apart. SMU had the only two turnovers in the game, so that was a big reason why they wound up losing. But that's always a really interesting game, to say the least. But let me mention this, because I tweeted about this on the at VSIN Live Twitter account. So it popped up in my timeline, because along with all of the sports and sports betting stuff that I do, I'm also a giant weather nerd. So I pay a lot of attention to you know, weather systems and things like that. There's supposed to be, and the forecast isn't super confident as of yet, and we haven't seen any movement on the totals as a result, but there is a chance that something of a tropical system, possibly tropical depression, tropical storm, reaches the middle of the eastern seaboard by Friday, Saturday, and it would impact games in Virginia and the Carolinas. So we haven't really seen any totals movement yet, but you've got NC State, Virginia on Friday night. You've got the aforementioned Florida State and Clemson game. Uh, South Carolina is at home against Mississippi State, who obviously Mississippi State wants to throw the ball around a ton. If it's windy, that probably hurts both teams because South Carolina can't run the ball. So there are some games that you want to keep an eye on here for some possible weather on the East Coast, and it kind of works to lump those in in terms of situational spots because even though those totals aren't moving yet, if all of a sudden on Tuesday or Wednesday, the forecast has a bit of a higher degree of confidence in what that weather disturbance is going to do, you will see the market move very, very quickly on the unders for those games. And in fact, you know, when we've had some of these tropical storms here of late, it used to be, oh, yeah, well, you know, we'll look at the forecast on Tuesday or Wednesday, something like that. When you've gotten them lately, the lines have moved on Monday. So they haven't moved yet as we're recording this on Monday night. So that tells you how uncertain meteorologists are with the forecast. But it could very much be a thing uh, when we you know, kind of get a clearer picture of what that storm system might do. So keep an eye out for that in the betting markets. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned Friday, four home dogs on Friday, Purdue, Virginia, San Diego State, San Jose State, tricky spot for San Jose State. Uh, a week, uh, less than a day, uh, excuse me, a uh, short week to prepare for Air Force. If you're uh, into the home dog type of things, 25 home underdogs this this weekend. Uh, so hopefully it is a great weekend. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday, uh, myself and Matt Newmans, to break down the full card with our best bets. Make sure to check out vsin.com for all of Adam's written work, Tyler Shoemaker as well. Uh, the T-Shoe Index is great stuff. Uh, tons of tons of content coming out on vsin.com for college football. But for Adam Burke at Skating Tripods on Twitter, I am Tim Murray. As a reminder, let's keep it rolling. Please rate, review, and subscribe. This has been the vsin College Football Betting Podcast. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. 